Uh, we're going to continue our series thinking about how Jesus in these Beatitudes flips our understanding, flips the world's expectations on its head. And in this one, we come to verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, purity we know is good, don't we? We, we know purity is good. We want things to be pure. We want things not to be defiled, not to be tainted. Advertisers use it all the time. Stuff like milk, 100% pure milk, not watered down, not mixed with fertilizer or like other stuff on the farm that might get into it. Pure milk, that's what you want. You want pure honey, real honey that bees make, not artificial stuff that's produced in a factory, the real good stuff. Even whole countries, you want them to be pure. Uh, this is New Zealand's one of their advertising campaigns. 100% pure New Zealand. It's good, isn't it? Pure. We don't want things to be messed up by either by being diluted with stuff that's not as good, or especially we don't want stuff to be ruined as it's tainted by something bad. We don't want it to be having a negative effect on the product or the experience. This isn't just true with stuff that we buy. This is true with God. We don't want to have imperfections in our relationship with God. We want it to be pure. God wants it to be pure. But there's a problem, isn't there? It's not. In our relationship with God, there's an imperfection, an impurity. There's a stain, a corruption, an uncleanness. And it doesn't come from God in the way that he relates to us. It comes from our sin as human beings. We have rejected God as the ruler. We've rebelled against him. We've done evil in his sight. And that has tainted our relationship. We have not loved the God who created us with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength. So that relationship is tainted. And what's more, that's not, that's not the end of the problem. That's just the beginning in one sense because the consequence of having this tainted relationship is that we sinful people can't be in the presence of a holy God. Here's how Isaiah the prophet spoke about his experience of this. He said, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He had an experience, a vision, a time of seeing God, and he knew as someone who was impure that this was a problem. Holy God, impure people, leads to woe. Leads to God's judgment against sin. Sinful people can't come into the presence of a holy God in our impure state and not be judged 
not experience his wrath, his anger. Now, God had taught his people about this problem uh, for years and years and years in lots of different ways. One of the ways was he reminded them about their impurity through a system of cleanness and uncleanness. And his people had some practices of cleansing that was, that was intended to help them be aware that God's a holy God and they are impure people. And they can't just waltz on up into his presence. And so there was lots of practices designed to help them remember this. They had to cleanse themselves by washing with water and cleanse their clothes in certain ways, if, especially if they touch dirty things like animal carcasses or blood or stuff like that. They had to cleanse their houses if it got moldy in certain ways. That was reminding them about this, the way that impurities need cleansing. And in Jesus' day, the people, and especially the Pharisees, the religious bigwigs, they, they understood these cleansing practices not, not because they pointed to the deeper reality, but they, they thought these cleansing practices were the solution. So they went to town on all the cleansing and purification they could do, washing themselves in the right way, ticking all the boxes, making sure that they were going to be cleansed, they were going to be, they were going to be right, they were going to be first in line to get into God's presence. They even made extra, extra ways they could be clean. They went above and beyond. And the expectation was they, of all people, should be clean enough, should be pure enough, to be able to come into God's presence. But this is the context that Jesus speaks. This beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Not blessed are those who purify their hands and clothes and houses according to all the stipulations of the book of Leviticus and of the Pharisaic instructions, blessed are the pure of heart. In other words, stop looking at the outside and just thinking about what looks clean and nice on the outside and look within. There's a bigger, deeper impurity. Bigger, deeper impurity. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9, like this. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure? I am clean and without sin. This phrase is a rhetorical question, but the obvious answer is not you, not me, no one. No one can say that. There's a problem that's deeper within. Now, here's the the illustration. This is my drink bottle. Imagine that this this was filled up this morning from the toilet. It didn't. Just imagine. Imagine it was filled up from the toilet and, and, and I offered you a drink. Would you be interested? No, you probably wouldn't be interested because I've used this bottle before. That's enough uncleanness for you, let alone being filled up in a, in a toilet. But in, what about if I told you that I put it through the dishwasher? I like, I, I got out some of that uh, 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 disinfectant wipes and wiped it all down. Would, would you consider drinking it? You wouldn't, would you? 
Because the problem's inside. Even though the outside might have been splashed, if I've cleaned that up, it hasn't solved the problem of the impure toilet water on the inside. That's what needs fixing. Probably need to throw the whole thing out and start again before you'd consider drinking it. That's our problem. Our sin is inside. And no amount of outside cleaning can fix it. That's your problem. Impurity of the heart. Sin against God. Do you know that? Do you recognize that in yourself? When it comes deep down to your desires, your motives, the things that you love, the wisdom that you hold dear, as you look at those things, could you hold them up and go, they are pure? I know I can't. I know that too often I find myself desiring things that God says are evil. Too often I find that my motives are mixed. Even if I am desiring good things and pursuing them, that often that I have a subtle ulterior motive that isn't. As we keep reading on through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus unpacks this problem further. Basically, the whole Sermon on the Mount is is about this distinction between what looks good on the outside and what God actually sees is good deeper down. We're going to see more of that over the coming weeks. What hope is there for us? What hope is there for us as an impure people of being blessed? of receiving good from God, of being able to come into his presence, of being able to see God. In the Bible, only a few select people ever got to see God. It was like the height of intimacy in that relationship. Adam and Eve got to before the fall. But then Moses got to have a glimpse of the trail of God's cloak. Elijah had a similar experience where he was kind of shielded in a cave on a mountain and just got to glimpse the back of God. Isaiah had this vision I mentioned earlier. But it's all still very much just on the edge, just the periphery of being able to see God. It's not it's not the intimate experience of coming into God's presence. Seeing him, knowing him face to face. And yet Jesus promises, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How does, how does that happen? How does that be our hope? Here it is. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about it. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, that is, enter God's presence, by the blood of Jesus... That's how it happens, by the blood of Jesus. Through his death and resurrection, he purifies us from our sin. Hebrews goes on. 
because of this, since we have this confidence of being able to come into God's presence, not as impure, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. This is not referring to the external practices, the ritual cleansing. It's referring to the once-for-all cleansing that only Jesus' blood can bring. Cleansing that solves our internal problems. That enables us to be brought pure in God's sight. That's the hope that we have. That's how we can be blessed. That's how we can look forward to seeing God only through Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, friends here, I hope that that's your hope. I pray that that's your hope. Maybe, maybe there's people here that aren't hoping in Jesus in that way. Let me remind you, this is the only hope that impure people have. One day being able to come before God and not face his anger and wrath towards us. Jesus offers this purification free of charge. Would you take it? Many of us who, who do know this, who have accepted this hope, are trusting in Jesus. What's the, what's the practical application for today in this beatitude? What's the take home? In one sense, it's, it's mainly a thing we know and trust, isn't it? It reminds us of this reality of our need for Jesus. But there's one more thing I just want to show you. Uh, it's from 1 John chapter 3. Great verse. John says, dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's our hope, isn't it? Seeing Jesus, seeing God. And John says this is going to be transformative. Seeing Jesus clearly will transform us so that we will be like him. But here's the next verse. Here's the take home for the here and now. If when we have this hope of being pure in God's sight, being able to see Jesus face to face, what do we do now? All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Knowing that we'll be presented pure before God, having that hope, we seek to live in accordance with that reality. We seek to live lives that are pure. We look at ourselves and we try and weed out the impurities that don't belong in people made pure in Jesus. We don't sit back and go, it's going to be good so I can soak up as much toilet water kind of life as I can. Pursue purity. That's pretty hard to do. 
deep down on the inside. Sometimes we can get some outward looking things in line. But identifying our impure hearts, taking them captive, is difficult. Lots of times the, our motives are hidden even to, our, to ourselves. They're subconscious. We need God to be at working us to help us do this. And we need each other, don't we? Sometimes we're able to see other people's motives more clearly than our, to see ourselves. Sometimes other people are able to see our own motives the way it plays out better than we can see. It's the val- one of the values of our small groups as we get together around God's Word, as we challenge each other, taking His Word, refining each other. We might grow in purity. We look forward to the day when we'll see Jesus. Are you working hard at that? Friends, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let me pray for us. Great God, thank you for this teaching of Jesus that points us to the heart of the problem that we have, but also that that points us to the hope that we have seeing you, being in your presence. Thank you for the purification that you've provided for us, for our sinful hearts in Jesus. Please, please help us to live, to think, to feel, to love more and more purely. We look forward to the day when we're transformed fully to be like Pray these things in Jesus' name.